Good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you, and I'm excited to uh, be able to share the Word of God with you and some uh, a topic that's been really uh, dear to my heart, something that's just impacted me as I've read through the Scripture uh, over all these years. God just continues to reveal things to me, and um, I'm just honored to be able to share with you this morning and present this message that I really feel passionate about. Um, I hope it brings glory to our Savior, and I hope it really challenges and quickens your heart today, especially as you go through this week, as it um, as you're in, you know, impacted by the music. Last night, Bethel was great, right? Oh my goodness, that was, was amazing. Um, but truly, um, I really wanted to challenge your heart, um, that as we continue to seek God and strive to be disciples of Christ, that this becomes kind of a foundational bedrock of your walk as you're reading your word and spending time in prayer with God. So just a few things about me. Uh, I've been married for 27 years, like Bob said, um, to my wonderful wife, Kelly, and we have two kids, Joshua and Julie. Uh, they're here this week enjoying the festival like you. We have three cats, we have a dog, and I'm a Yankees fan and a Cowboys fan. So sorry for all you. <laughs> I know, I know. I live near Philadelphia, so I, I fear for my life sometimes. <laughs> so one of the, one last thing too, I've been able to serve at Creation for 27 years, and it really has been a privilege. And um, for me, as I go through every year, um, one of the things that just really always stood out is that it is truly a humbling experience. It's a humbling experience to be able to come here and serve with so many other people that pour out their time and their talents to make this event happen so that Jesus' name can be proclaimed and that he can be given glory and the gospel can go forward. That is at the heart of why we do this event. We want to we see the gospel go forward. We want your hearts to be quickened and touched by the Holy Spirit so that you can go home and walk out as disciples of Christ what he's called you to do at your local churches and communities. So hopefully we do that every year, and uh, we definitely try to accomplish that. So my prayer is that your heart will be quickened, like I said, through the Holy Spirit, to truly have an abandoned love for our Heavenly Father and a love for others, your neighbor sitting next to you. I want you to see through humility and a humble spirit that we not only love others better, but that we learn to be a testimony of the one that was the greatest example of humility and a humble spirit, Jesus Christ. As believers, as disciples of Christ, we want to always be working out our faith for the goal of perfect love. Love to our Heavenly Father and love to others. In John 13, 15 through 17, it says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, 
Blessed are you if you do them. So that passage is at the end of a segment where Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet. And Peter is debating with Jesus, don't wash my feet. Then he says, well, if you're going to wash them, wash everything. And Christ has to do this. He has to do this to finish out his calling, the purpose why he's there. He wants them to know that they have to receive him. They have to allow this washing to happen in order for them to be cleansed, to be saved. And so this act is just such a, in that time, you know, we see Jesus, it's such a loving, performing act in that time because back then, people's feet were dirty, they wore sandals, were wearing a lot of flip-flops, there's a lot of mud on the ground. And uh, that, that act of washing someone's feet when they came into their house or when they came over was usually given to the lowest member of the household. And uh, so for them, they just they just did not want Jesus to do that. But Christ had to, he, hum, he shows himself in this humble conduct. It's not because he forgets his position of who he was as incarnate God, but it demonstrates that rank and privilege are not an occasion for arrogance, but it's truly a higher mandate for service. And so Christ here just shows an amazing example of humility and humble service. So today I would challenge each of you, will you humble yourself? One of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. I just, I love reading his stuff. I don't know how many of you have read his books, but um, just an amazing author. One of the things he says about humility is, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. So think about that. Humility is not thinking of yourself less, but it's thinking of, it's, I'm sorry, I didn't even get that right. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. When we become a Christ follower, we should do everything to understand and to know and to follow the example of Christ. As we study the word of God, it shows us that the life of Christ, it will begin to change our hearts and minds towards righteousness and love for others. When we live our lives in humility, thinking of yourself less, it creates unity. And when the world sees a united and a unified body of Christ, they see Jesus. When they see all of us serving each other, looking out for our needs, looking out for our neighbor, putting others first, they see Christ and they see a unified church. And that will speak volumes to the world. And it will offer opportunities for us to be able to show people Christ and present the gospel. This great emphasis is not just words, but rather a way of thinking and acting. God not only draws attention to this, but he makes it clear through providing examples, just like we saw in John 13, as he's washing the disciples' feet. In the Bible, humility... Uh, the word humbled, meekness, all of these things kind of work together. It's mentioned 92 times. We, uh, we see it in Luke 
1.52, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he has exalted those who were humbled. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. And in James 4, 6, but he gives greater grace, therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So by contrast, humility accepts a place of service. Okay. <laughs> so by contrast, humility accepts a place of service with concern for the needs and interests of others. At creation, we have a banner, I believe it's up here above me, that encompasses why we are here, that we want to give tribute to our Creator. And I believe one of the best ways that we can give tribute to our Creator is to follow that example of Christ. Christ humbled himself, came to this earth. He bore all of our sins. He became a servant of all. He died on a cross so that we might be able to have a relationship with him. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ this week, or if he's tugging on your heart, pay very close attention to that. Let that grow. Let that stir in you this week. If you're here with someone, God is doing something in you. His Holy Spirit is stirring in you. And that is why Jesus came to this earth, so that he could have relationship with you. And that is why we do this festival, because we want each of you to be a tribute to our creator. Philippians 2, 1 through 11 is a great section and passage uh, that I would challenge all of you to read this week. Verse 3, do, not, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5, which shows love, which is essential for humility. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. So how do we begin to move to a life centered around humility and love? Here's what I found as I started to embrace these two things, humility and love. And we are faced with the question, I'm faced with the question, do we truly treasure what we have? Do we value the gift that God has given us? If we honestly consider each day the gift offered through Christ, the promises of hope and love that we have through him, we would approach each day differently. Matthew 13, 44 through 46, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. If we truly value the gift that we've been given in Jesus, we would do everything to get it. We all have those things that we love. We'll spend money on. We'll spend our time on. We will fight for those things to go get. And so if we approach our faith and the gift that God has given us through his son, Jesus Christ, 
I believe we'd have that same passion, that same drive to go out there and do and get those things that he's given us and to walk those out and make them every part of our life. John Calvin said in this passage, we are so captivated by the allurements of the world that eternal life fades from view. And in the consequence of our carnality, the spiritual graces of God are far from being held by us in the estimation in which they deserve. So one example that I can give you that I kind of walked through, this was a while ago, but as Bob said, um, I've been married to Kelly, my wife, and when we were first dating, and when I first met her, uh, it was the first time in my life where I really sensed a change in my heart where I was willing to do anything to be with her, to have relationship with her, to put myself kind of over here on the side and put her first. It was the first time where I really started thinking of myself less and her more. I would want to just be with her all the time. And so I wanted to know everything about her. I wanted to build a relationship with her. I wanted to take care of her. And all of a sudden, it wasn't just about me, but it was about us. And so for the first time, I was moving away from myself, my pride, it all being about me, and putting someone else first in my life. Again, it was no longer just about me, but it was about us. It was a new attitude of humility that fostered love and relationship with her. So my question is, how much more should we do this with our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Where we're, we just want to spend time with Him. I've been challenged recently in my own life to put God first every morning. No matter how tired I am, what time it is in the morning, four, five, six, get up and sense that stirring in my spirit that God is wanting to have a relationship with me, for me to be in his word, for me to be in prayer with him, for me to bring my stress and my troubles and my, all the things that are weighing in on me, or just to have conversation with him and to find out where he's wanting me to go, truly letting him be that light unto my path. And so this is the relationship that he wants to have with us, and he's given us this amazing gift through his son, Jesus Christ, and his Holy Spirit to be able to commune with him. So many times we miss the opportunities to be humble or to act in humility and love because we truly haven't valued that gift that God has given us. In humility, you have to seek after the kingdom of God. Do we hold these gifts, these spiritual graces of God that John Calvin says, which are forgiveness and repentance and regeneration and salvation in the estimation of which they deserve? Do we really hold those things up here or do we put the carnality of the world and all those other things, all those other distractions that the enemy and the Satan wants to use to divide and to conquer and to 
to overthrow us, not only in our own lives, not only in our families, but as a church, as a body of Christ. And if we're always allowing those things to get in there and to keep us divided and, and not in unity, it weakens us and it takes us away from the authority and the power that we have in Jesus Christ and that love that comforts us when we're hurting. Truly, we need to submit ourselves, our lives, our family, our work, all the allurements of this world to the lordship of his kingdom. We need to humble ourselves and put the pride of this world behind us and the kingdom of God and Jesus before us. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All of us struggle every day with fears, temptations, with pride. We are tested. We face persecution. We face suffering. We face sickness. We're tested. However, God states that if we humble ourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, in his time, he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He loves you. Jesus loves you. And he wants to have relationship with you. And we have to humble ourselves before him, before his throne, every day, sometimes every hour, every minute. And we will receive his love. He's there for you. God will not only deliver you from your troubles, but he will demonstrate his loving care for you as, he, as you cast these anxieties and these cares upon him. So embrace Jesus, your Savior, and your Heavenly Father with an abandonment. Give him everything. Give him you this week. Let him and his Holy Spirit move upon you, upon your family, upon whatever you're facing. Come before his throne. The utmost evil is pride. Pride leads to every other device and is the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride that has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. That's from C.S. Lewis and Mere Christianity. If you haven't read that book, I would recommend it highly. So this morning, will you be willing to humble yourself are you willing to humble yourself before your Heavenly Father? Are you willing to show humility to your neighbor, to your husband or your wife, to your kids, to that person that just might be creating some uncomfortable feelings or you're angry? Show Jesus through your actions as you submit yourself to him. Humility is our greatest friend. It increases our desire for God's word. It opens our hearts to his spirit. It leads to intimacy with God. It imparts the aroma of Christ to all those that we encounter. It is a sign of greatness in the kingdom of God. As we forsake our pride and seek to humble ourselves by daily deliberate choices, we have to be deliberate in this. We have to choose to do this. It allows 
us to become dependent on the Holy Spirit. And humility continues to grow in our soul. For just as pride is the root of all sin, humility is the root of all virtue. So today I want to challenge all of us. What will you do to commit to live a life of humility and love? Will you submit yourself to the Lordship of Christ this week? Will you submit yourself to the Lordship of Christ in your family, in your work, in your community? Putting aside our pride and allowing God to work through you. Allowing him to be seen in all that you do. Will you be in relationship with your Heavenly Father? Will you worship Him with everything? And how will you give tribute to your Creator? Take time this week to think about how you can walk out humility, how you can have a contrite heart with those that you're here with this week or those that you're interacting with or just meeting for the first time. How can that become a tribute to our Creator? How will you be a tribute to our Creator when you go home? Thank you so much.